When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. All right, everybody, welcome in to the season finale of Football and Random Things. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Jeff Woody and Colin Newell. I uh, got everything uh, from the weekend to talk to you guys about the Liberty Bowl. We're going to get right to it in a second. Uh, first, I do have to give a shout out to our presenting sponsors, Wiffles Hybrids. They've been with us all season. We appreciate them. They and didn't any, drop us. They did not. They didn't I'm, drop us. I'm, that's And that's something to be commended. I'm kind of shocked. They, they must not have actually listened to the show because if they heard the the dumb stuff that we like the rabbit holes that we get down the random yeah, yeah. they they would have said you know what or maybe they're just really trusting people i think it's yeah. that they're just good people it's yeah. probably somewhere somewhere in the middle your ad reads have honestly. been pretty spot on off you the think website so too, i figured so. that's why they would drop us because i go to a different tab on the website every time yeah, but and that's, i just find that's one. good they talk, they talk website, about everything their website's just filled with information at wiffles hybrids we realize it's not just one big thing we do differently than our competition it's all those 100 little things we do just a little bit better that make all the difference that's wiffles hybrid plant your independence mm. i think last week i said plant your future that was uh iowa state ad read getting in my, the back of my head <laughs> so apologies to them i do want to say thank you to all of the kind people i met and i probably told you i was very adamant that i would not remember your name but i had 15 or 20 people across the weekend come up and compliment our show yeah. specifically it was cool to interact with cyclone fans i mean obviously them coming up and talking to us is i don't know i think i thought it was really cool from kind of one of my first experiences besides at some games this year to interact and hear that people are liking what we're doing so that was that was a lot of fun and there's a lot of diehard cyclone fans out there that are just uh, great people M- okay. mr big shot uh colin new over here signed an autograph making oh my god whoa you saw that you were once you were like 10 feet away from us yeah, yeah. i mean that was his mom though yeah, yeah. My mom doesn't count. <laughs> no, I actually gave that kid my uh, towel after the Texas game in 2021. Oh, not I didn't really circle. remember that. Yeah, but he remembered it. So it was kind of cool to be able to interact uh, with that guy that for is, a little bit. That is kind of fun because I remember after the Kansas game, the one that was like zero degrees. Yeah, I I was like my fifth pair of gloves that year, and you can just you know practice those. And I ended up just giving my gloves to somebody in the stands, and like five years later, they were like. Hey, after the Kansas game, like you, you get and whatever. It was like yeah. the kid who at like the time was like eight. And yeah. now they were like in yeah. high school. And it yeah. was like, oh my God, is, wow, that is time flies. But yeah, it's kind of cool. That like to me, you know, to us, like you don't remember doing that. Yeah. But to, to somebody on the other side of it, it's yeah. just such a, it's such a huge deal. So I, I always think it's really cool. Like 
I don't know if you, you feel the same way. Like if, if someone had that experience and they remember it and it matters to them, come tell me. Cause I might've forgotten about it. And yeah. I, I know a kid that got your gloves uh-huh. didn't know your name at the time. Cause he was like eight years old. Okay. And he showed them to me down the road and I was like, well, what did he look like? And he goes, he was white. And I was like, I'll pull up the roster. It's probably <laughs> Jeff Wood. <laughs> Hold it down. Hold it down. All he knew, all he knew was you were a running back, but I'm pretty sure they're, we yeah. had narrowed down pretty well. Okay. I think Jeff needs to like try them on to see if they were the fit or. Yeah. I'll just make sure I fit. make sure I don't, or make sure I don't take my uh, blood pressure medication before that. Yeah. Or my arthritis medication. Does that give you big hands? Uh, I think that, that it's a OJ Simpson joke. Oh, <laughs> is what okay. that was. Um, I just really, really I missed that one, that one before. Well, I didn't really miss that I never one. watched the also, OJ case. Also, I, I didn't watch. I was four. Like, I didn't watch. It's just I, like being over there. Yeah, no. Well, oh, that's, that's, that's bad on me. Yeah, that's, that's, I call a Newell that one for sure. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. Jesus. All right. Back to Iowa State football one. here. All right. Well, that was, I, I was trying to avoid talking about the game a little bit because uh, not many people really want to hear about the game. Like Memphis's no, offense was completely free. No, we're going to talk about, though, is the future, too. We can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think there's also some, you know, there's, there's, it's the expression, it's never as good as it seems, it's never yep, as bad as it seems. That's what I was just going to say. 1,000% applies to this. So running game, zero yards, not great, not great at all. But at the same time, Rocco threw for, what, 450? Because yeah. Memphis. Cool record, right? Yeah. So Memphis sold the farm to stop the run, and Rocco was able to, I mean, I think Iowa State was still like 7.7 yards per play, which is still really good. Like yeah. so offensively, they you, you know, if if they're if, if a team is gonna put and they didn't, but if a team's gonna put 10 in the box, you can't be super mad that you didn't run for zero yards if you threw for five hundred and five touchdowns. Yeah. So like you're kind of taking what the defense presents. The problem is is that they got down so, so fast early. so early that that it felt worse than it was because they still scored. I mean it was what the end of the first quarter where they had zero points or like maybe one touchdown at the end of the first quarter. And they end up ripping off a few more touchdowns after that. And it offensively was good enough to win defensively. It wasn't, but like you, it feels worse because you couldn't match Memphis. So, I mean, yeah, it's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. I feel like what really hurt too was that, that field goal right at the end of the half, the fake yeah. kneel down and they get, you know, I mean, they put themselves in a position where it's like, when you answer, like when they do that right before half, it's like, Oh shit, we were about to get to halftime at this, and now it's like, all right, add three more points onto this. And also, I'm gonna like for the sake of while we're doing it, that is some super Bush League stuff. Oh, that's so stupid. Super Bush League stuff. That now, made me so mad. So here's the thing. And like I, a lot of times, you know, I've I've heard people talk about it and they're like, oh, first first goal is to win. All right, cool. Yes, your first goal is to win. And technically speaking, that works. Now here's the thing. You're coaching this team next year as well. Yes, coach? Right? You think the end of the half is going to happen at some point when you're trying to take a knee? Do you think other teams aren't going to watch film? So if you're Crack a defensive them. lineman and or a linebacker and they go to take a knee, I'm not going to take it easy on you. In fact, I'm going to try and hit you in the belly button with my shoulder pad as hard as I can to knock you over. And if the referee tells me to back off, I can say last year they ran a fake out of this. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to force the gap and I'm going to try and almost kill your quarterback. Mm hmm. If you do that. So every single time they go to take a knee next year, they're putting his, he's putting his quarterback and his offensive lineman at risk for facing that for the for sake BS. of for BS. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing is, is yes, you want, congratulations. It was a successful play on that one. 
But so how this works too. So you're the center. So you're the one that's literally right next to where they're going. They would usually Get ask heat off. They would usually ask you or okay, the quarterback, right? The referee's going to come up. The, the, is it the head? I don't remember if it's, it's yeah. the back judge or the head official who's yeah, going to come back up judge normally. and is going to ask you guys taking a knee and you or Brock are going to say, yep, taking a knee. They then turn to the defense, say, ease up. We're taking a knee. Like the, literally the official turns to the defense and says, take it easy. Take it easy. We're taking a knee. This play doesn't really matter. We're taking a knee. And when that happens, it's sort of like if you're at a, you know, there's a, there's a, a skirmish, you're at a bar fight, cops show up, cops turn around to, to this, this group, party B, and they go, Hey, fight's over. We're good. Party A flies over the cop and punches you in the face. They're not better fighters. You were literally just told by the governing body to stop. So it's such Bush league to run that. And again, I, it's fine. Like, yes, you won, but you're now putting your team, your offensive lineman, your quarterback at yeah. risk every single time you go to take a knee next year. Yeah. I would hate to be the center for them next year. Cause he's just going to get blown up every, every time, every, like it doesn't even matter. Like just every straight, single time. straight in as hard as you can line four guys up over him. And yeah, it's like you're defending, like, like you're yeah. defending a, a, a quarterback sneak. Yeah. He's going to get screwed yeah every single time that is such i feel like that's something that you see in like high school yeah like like a middle school game like oh we're down by 27 points and we're gonna act like we're gonna need the the ball here yeah like and and like there's there's a different side of it so like the fake spike that's different like the fake spike that's still a play that's meant to be going and you as a defense are trying to prevent yards actually being gained so like on in a situation where a fake spike is going to happen defense is preventing something the, the the offense is trying to drive defense is recognizing they're trying to drive a fake kneel down it's admitting let's take this to the end of half or let's mm-hmm. take this to the end of the game whatever yeah. it is it's no longer trying to win the game i'm not trying to advance versus a fake spike so like fake spikes fair game go for it like 100 that's not bush league at all that's trying to like catch something you listen to it's literally espn's website oh sure <laughs> but like Turn it's so yeah Watch like, Netflix. yeah <laughs> fake spike fair game fake kneel down total bs total bs yeah and i feel like people like i don't know that was just like one of those situations where you're like is that really like how you want to play the football game yeah like, for exactly what you said like they literally come up the ref comes up to you and is like hey are you taking a knee yep okay hey defense rest take or they're taking a knee see you after the half yeah, well, and then they just, everybody just stands there. The yeah. crazy part to me is like learning that exact sequences and stuff like that over the years. And like when I was a kid, like that would be on Sports Center and celebrated for at least a minute. Yeah, it, but look at the brilliance of this that they, everyone thought they were kneeling. Yeah, they it's, faked them out. Yeah, they faked. Oh, so I, was like, I was like raised to find no issue with that. Yeah, that's be like you got you got to be ready for that as a defense, especially yeah. your second level. But and uh, I like, mean, obviously, what you guys just said is the devil's advocate to that. Yeah, yeah, so now absolutely. they don't get any easy knees for the rest of the year. Like for the, all of next year, they're not going to get any easy kneel downs. No. So like, and I would imagine, here's another thing too. This is like the, the Lions-Cowboys thing that happened. One of the, like Lions got screwed. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, oh, Lions got super screwed. Uh, but one of the reasons why Lions got super screwed was because before the game, every head coach or coordinator, whoever's the one that's in charge of special teams has a conversation with the referee. And there's these weird odds and ends plays that you're going to have. So like if you have a fake field goal, if you have a gadget play that you're going to run in a two point conversion or whatever, like Rhodes would almost 
how he would have like a sheet of paper. Like, oh yeah, you tell like him exactly a, what you're gonna do, what like it's gonna look like, how exactly, it's gonna be. Like a, almost like a notebook paper. Like you literally just gonna say, okay, so we're gonna line up our tackles over here, and there's gonna be two wide receivers that are on this side. Then we're gonna break that motion. We're gonna move it to this, 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 and this. So that you then run that through to say, is this going to be something that's legal? Where are the problems you see in this? And then the referee will be like, hey, just make sure that this wide receiver that moves over here is off the ball. And like, mm -hmm. they'll just make sure that they give you these little things before every single game next year, because the officials are, again, tell the defense, chill. Mm -hmm. Every single game next year, head coaches that are playing Memphis will now go up to the officials and say, last year in the bowl game, they went to take a knee and they ran a fake uh, they faked a knee to they actually ran a handoff. So uh, most of the time we're going to back off. But today against Memphis, we're not going to back off because they do. They have a, shown a propensity to run fake kneel downs. So he just removed again the entire season next year, removed the protection from the kneel down for the sake of winning that or to getting 20 yards at the end of a half. Three in a points game. in the end of a half of the autos on Liberty. Bowl. Again, which might have like, won him the game. It's quite such, such bush. And the other here's another random thing as far as like talking about getting screwed. One of the reasons why Campbell was mad because the broadcasters weren't super sure. Technically speaking, that should have been a delay of game on the offense uh, because or on the kicking team. Are you so, talking about the practice so kick? The, the practice kick. Okay. You're not allowed to actually go through the entire yes. motion. Uh, so if a timeout is called the icing, the kicker thing, like don't ice bad kickers. Like, yeah, don't do that. Okay. But you want to. If you call a timeout and the timeout is acknowledged, you can't actually go through snap hold kick, yes. which is why most of the time you'll see uh, the snap hold can happen and the kicker will sort of like go through Pretty the kick. motions and mm -hmm. like just kick on air mm -hmm. just to kind of mentally take that rep. But you can't actually kick the ball. It's sort of like and they did and they did. And so that what Campbell was losing his mind about and the broadcasters weren't sure that technically should have been a delay of game to make a 48 yard field goal into a 53 yard field goal, which is way out of that kid's range. Yep. So that's what Campbell was all mad about, which should have been the proper application of the rule. But, and if I'm, if I'm Matt Campbell, I'm fuming and I'm yelling at the ref and I'm making sure he remembers that he screwed up and I completely get it, but I've been watching football for 25 years and I countless amount of times I've seen practice kicks Yeah, and they don't get, well, fine. it's actually, it's a, it's a rule that they just recently it's changed. Recently, oh, yeah. It's the not something the, these new clock rules have opened up a can of worms. Well, it's been, I bet like three years. It's been three or four years, yeah. but gotcha. it's, it's fairly recent that that's yeah. been in. And so one of the, that makes a lot more sense to me. Cause, cause, cause what the, the NCAA was trying to get away with is that practice kick. And then also letting coaches stand next the to the referee out, like, and then right like before the snap. wait for it. Time time out. Out. Yeah. Like they would like try and avoid that. So mm -hmm. they're, if they're basically trying to say, if you're going to call timeout, call timeout with enough, enough in advance and then trying to prevent that kicking and they have to get the ball back and yep. the game slows down and then they have to track everything down and whatever. Yep. So that's what he was all mad. So the end of the half was a BS call on the fake kneel down again, which is going to screw his center and his guards for the entire next yeah. year and should have been a delay of game, but it's also don't be put, don't put yourself in that position. Don't get down 19, nothing like yep. you, you can, you can be mad about it, but also don't be down 19, nothing end yeah. of story tackle yeah. better. And Hennigan had 10 incompletions during the game, but you could have told me it was like three and I would have believed you that yeah. kid, that Memphis quarterback was seemed like he, uh, it seemed was like really he was in, really in rhythm, was able to kind of do what he wanted. Oh, like to. the 70 yard touchdown. I mean, the receiver didn't have to change any part of his movement to catch the ball. Just landed right in his arms. Yeah. Like, he played well. I was, I was really impressed with him. Really, really impressed with him. I thought it was, I mean, the Memphis fans were pretty, pretty into the game as well. Like there was some on actually sitting right in front of us and they were, I mean, they were all nice people, but they were like, Everyone that I walked outside of the football stadium was like, oh, you'd talk to them or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, I'm a Memphis basketball fan. I don't care about the football game. 
But like those people who were in the stadium were like season ticket holders. Like they were diehard Memphis football fans. So it was kind of crazy to see like the stark difference. Like that summer yeah, was like 2017. So they didn't like because I was there as a fan sitting in the stands and they, they didn't wow me with like noise or anything, but all of them like really nice, especially yeah. for the crap that was coming out of my mouth in our section. We made, <laughs> we made some good friends with some Memphis people. Um, but they like, they were the energetic fan base on Oh, Friday. and the energetic like, yes. team. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. And they you, blew that out of the water. You could tell from, from time zero, from kickoff, Memphis was more excited to be there than Iowa State was. Point blank, flat out. And that's not the same as effort. Yeah. Two different, two separate conversations. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're full motivation, you know, you're playing against, that's why everyone, that's why the Iowa, Iowa State game is always like, it's as physical bath. as bloodbath yeah. is. It is, it's because you can be at full effort and you're trying your best, but then you get that extra like rocket fuel of yeah. extra energy and that kind of makes it the happen. Hate. hate or like, I need this to happen. They just, you know, whatever. Like yeah. that kind of fuels everything. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Colin, I'm, I'm curious about this because like Matt Campbell is the greatest coach in Iowa State history. Mm -hmm. But if there is a chink in his armor, as far as like relative to his own standards, uh, it's coming off of a break, whether that's start of the season, after a bye or bowl games, not as good relative to his standards as it is. I mean, he not did, his, he has one and zero off the bye this year. Yeah, this year. <laughs> <laughs> but like the that, I, I again, I, I'm curious. You, I'm sure they are probably doing some troubleshooting on that as well. Like because yeah. Campbell at the end of the year, to, at least to my mind, does a full deep dive, yep. retrospective. What went well? What went poorly? Yeah. I'm sure they're addressing it. But why do you think from having played there? that it's a little bit different because you guys came I and mean, you kicked the yeah. shit out of Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl, yeah. so it's not necessarily yeah. totally apples to apples yeah. but like why do you think that's the case I, I I've thought about that I really don't know first of all it's hard to know because that's what I was in for five years right, so right. like I don't know anything else I never saw anything else I never felt anything else it's never a lack of preparation or I, it, it really is one of those things that I don't know what the right answer is can I, to can it. I offer something on at least on bowl games yeah, but go for this it. calendar and like signing day in the middle of this crap, like I would not be shocked. I mean, you're putting your focus on getting all those kids to commit yeah. and sign, right? There's a lot yeah. of things that you are. There's so many moving parts to that. I don't envy any coach that is going through it. Then you have to turn around and prepare for the bowl game. So I almost think it, and I'm not saying Iowa State specifically is doing this, but you can easily overlook something when you chop your preparation in half. You don't really have a month to prepare. They had a week to prepare after signing day got taken care of. I understand what you're saying there, but what? how long does the team normally have? Oh, you normally have a week. You yeah, normally have a week. completely correct. So it's like... But yes, the, and there's people like we had 28 days and this is what we came out with? And it's like, yeah. no, that's not that's not yeah. realistic to say at all. Well, that's, that's not even like... But as we talked I'm, kind I'm, of before, like yeah. it's like maybe a week and a half, two weeks that you spend on like, hey, Iowa State's going to play Memphis. How do we do this? Right. Um, a lot of time is spent on, hey, Iowa State, we need to you be still, better. Yeah, you Iowa still State. have more overall. Yeah, for sure. So I. Sure. It's no, yeah. I, I'm not specifically, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I, I, I just don't think that's really. I'm not trying to build in an excuse. Yeah, like, right. it's OK. Yeah. They lost because signing day is on. Yeah, no, 100 percent. A young team, all these experiences are going to be different. You haven't been through them before. Um, is it, that game different if there's not a 70-yard touchdown on the third play of the game? I think so. Or if, if they convert the fourth down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either one, yes. But I, there's, I, I have another kind of sort of theory, and I don't know if this is necessarily true or not. It's just, Thank you. That was bothering me. Yeah, the there's a fuzz I don't want to be weird. Um, but 
one of the things I think the Campbell staff does such a good job of de player development that I wonder if that the focus towards player development uh, in the long term generally serves them better. Yeah. But on breaks, when you're focusing so much on development, it's not quite towards the aim of winning the very next game. Mm -hmm. But on mass, you can't say that it's any wrong yeah. approach. So like, I don't know, it's, it is one of those things. And also I, I would, I, before someone's gonna be like, yeah, Matt Campbell sucks. I would also like to qualify this by saying again, even I would bet if you take Matt Campbell after breaks, even for, you know, first few games of the year after a bye, bowl games, and you stack that record up against every coach that's ever coached at Iowa state, it's better. still probably better. Yeah. Or if not, maybe behind like Earl Bruce and that's it. Yeah. And so it's still really, really good. Like it's yeah. just relative to the standard that we expect of, you know, October, November, Iowa state when they're going consistently and you're in that rhythm, Iowa state in October and November, if there's not a buy, I mean, they're winning most of those games. Yeah. And just after a buy start of the season, bowl games, I don't know. I would imagine that's going to be something that's probably looked at again. I think our, I think our defense is so unique too, that we face like being Iowa state's defense. So when you like coming off of fall camp, what do you, what did you see entire fall camp? Oh, that's true. Iowa State's defense. That's true. So you're going in and seeing something that's so unique and so different. And then all of a sudden you're going to be seeing something that's going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, you and know, on the flip side of that, other offenses are going to have additional time to figure out what this is going to be like yes. so that you can see this odd defense and you have two weeks to prepare for this odd defense instead of like four days. Yes. Yeah. And, th and that's just it. You know, they get, they get that extra time to say, Hey, what, how, how has people exposed Iowa state's defense? How mm -hmm. have they done this? How have they done that? And there's still nobody I'd rather have than yeah. John Haycock to lean 100%. that defense to be able to do it. But I mean, time is certainly of, of importance. And we all know that, especially in football, there's another week to break down. Hey, what are their tendencies on this down distance or, yeah, hey, or if we stay ahead of sticks what do we got to do or so. what if we get this number uh if number 21's in the game and we can formation him to be in the slot let's do that let's make sure that we get a one-on-one -on -one here there whatever yep. so it gives you yeah. some more time yeah. but yeah it is one of those interesting things i also think um like has been echoed on i think a lot of the other i was like williams and bloom and you know posts and stuff like that bowl games are not indicative of the season no. nor predictors of the next season florida state I mean, yeah, Florida State got beat by 100,000 points yeah. and they went undefeated prior. Now, great. Would, the, would that have happened if everybody was healthy? They probably still wouldn't have won against Georgia, but yeah. they wouldn't have been. It would have been a closer game. That. And I so like that. TJ Tampa not playing, that changes everything schematically. Yeah. I mean, it just, there's a whole lot that are different. So like Malik Verdun not playing. Malik Verdun not playing. Like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, yes, it was not fun to watch, but that doesn't change what the expectations for next year can be yeah. for this team, especially with everybody that's coming back. I feel like I've already like moved on super quick because it's like, holy crap, this team that is, it's everyone's returning next year. Yeah. I mean, you're losing like what, four or five guys maybe that were contributors. It's really like four guys. It's like Easton Dean, uh, TJ Tampa, Gary Vaughn, and Chase Contreras. Those, yeah. those four are really the only guys that played significant snaps, significant minutes uh, that you're really going to lose. Like I think Aiden Bitter's gone, yeah. I think. And he yeah. was like a rotational receiver. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Like most people are going to be back on like the one, twos and threes yeah. at pretty much every position. And, and we just get an opportunity to build depth too. Like we, I mean, in the world we live in, like the portal's a real thing. Like there's still going to be somebody I'm sure that we go out and pick up. That's going to yeah, be they, a contributor. At some and they've, point. they've put out offers to uh two pretty big uh, 
one Penn State wide receiver, uh, Donald Driver's kid, and then the, and then, uh, Ohio, the State Ohio State one, yeah. Bryson Rogers, that is Rocco Beck's high school teammate. Yeah. They've also extended offers to uh, two defensive backs yeah. as well. So. so I think that like I think that's going to be a real thing. Like obviously, it's honestly kind of cool to see like Rocco's interactions with them on Twitter too. Like, dang, like this dude's actually out here going and getting some people. Like we all know how great he is, and we've seen that. But like, you know, it's it's bigger than just the Iowa State bubble almost too. Like he's able to go out and like obviously had the relationship with this guy, but did you see he got gifts for all his offensive linemen? I did see that. that Rock, cool. did he ever do that for you? Uh he 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 cared about us. He cared about us. <laughs> but for a Christmas gift, we never got Christmas gifts, but he definitely took care of us in other ways for sure. Good on him. Yeah. Um no, I was gonna ask if you could I, I want a fan submitted question for kicking it. I want to know where Chase Contreras oh. ranks all time on Iowa State kickers. Okay. All uh, noted. Aiden, you, wanna you just asked Grant store that one. Um, but yeah, I think interesting. So now like turning the page from the bowl game a little bit, cause I don't think there's much more meat to squeeze off that bone. No. Um, the but, only thing I was going to say was if I was coaching in the second half, I would have ran one play and it was just passed to Jaden Higgins. Yeah. Dude <laughs> yeah. Was blown that's the only up. thing yeah. I would have done. Well, and I, so that's the thing, like, again, offense was like 7.7 7 yards per play or something like that. I forget what that was at last. I checked like midway through the fourth quarter. So it might've changed from that, but still good enough. Like that is good enough to win. Rocco throws for a zillion yards. Yeah. Uh, schematically, they were able to find holes in the defense. that just ran out of time. Yep. They just put themselves in too big of a hole. They, to try and I dig do, themselves I do want to say on the new clock rule thing, and people were getting frustrated this season when I was writing about it and stuff, because Iowa state, it seemed like they weren't going fast enough. They, they had the tempo. Yeah, there for sure. Like Maybe. they looked way better at installing plays, calling them, getting them in, and everything. The things we were pointing out it, that this is an issue. So, like going forward, using that as like a jumping off point. There's a few yeah. things that I I think it's certain. I don't, don't want to say like a wish list, but like things that I would expect them to address. Um, one, this was Shieldhouse's first year calling plays. Impressive, you know, really like, impressive yeah. first year, first year ever. And so you not only are you calling plays for the first time, you're overhauling the entire offense halfway through the season getting a freshman quarterback to be as comfortable with where he is getting a offense, a left tackle who had played two years of football, zero at a college level, except one year at Juco, I think. And you have a fr true freshman guard. You have breaking in a center for the first time. You have a freshman running back, another freshman running back, a freshman tight end, like a freshman quarterback, freshman quarter. I mean, there's so much new that happened. And so I think one of the things they're going to go back to is if you're talking about when you need to go fast they need to have a better system of being able to go fast. That's not something that's on like the cutting room floor when you're in the middle of the season. Like you're, you're looking at how do we make sure that we know where Rocco's Rocco knows where the ball is going to go. We know who we're blocking. We know where the routes are going to be, all that kind of stuff. So now when you have time and space over the offseason, most of their plays came in via the wristband, which is fine when you're going at the tempo you want to go. But when you're trying to speed through it, that's going to be a, it's a little bit harder because everybody has to like, look down, read the play, make sure that it's the same, get lined up, and it's just slower than what you're going to be going through. So I think that's one thing. It's just making sure that the play calling tempo when you want to go fast can go fast. Like, I that's will, my guess. I will say I'm a huge fan of the uh, wristband, so I really am. For the mm -hmm. fact that uh, Jim Harbaugh can't pick those signals. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is so much of that that goes on in college football as far as uh, identifying signals. The number of times we would hear stuff like coaches will watch our sideline and like people would have a pretty damn good idea of what we're going to run as well as far as pass or run. Mm -hmm. I mean, that right there is a huge advantage. Like, hey, as a defensive lineman or a linebacker, 
can I go get after and, and hit my hole or do I got to drop into coverage? Mm-hmm. Like that, if you can eliminate one side of those things. Yeah. And or you're saving yourself two and a half, three seconds. Yeah. So the wrist, I'm saying like the wristband is yeah. like, and I do and, really like that, but I absolutely understand yeah. what you're saying. It's like, I wish we did or I know we do, but having the ability to do some signaling yeah. well, and in situations where it's and not even signaling, like when we would go fast. So with Herman, when we, when we'd go fast, we call it jet tempo. And mm-hmm. so whenever we do, it was jet wristband. So like they, they would signal in a number, whatever yeah. that number was in the wristband. And so you'd have one, just one panel in the wristband was your jet card. Yeah. So like you're going jet seven, jet seven, jet seven, and, and you know, whatever it's tray left, tray left 861 sale X corner, something yep. like that. Like got it done. And so then, but, and the reason why it's slower is because like you have to fit pretty much your entire playbook on like two, eight and a half, in, you know, what, five yeah. and a half by three note cards. Yep. So the text, the font is really small, like, or it has to be by necessity. But like, if you're going to do this, you could have, you have three panels, you have the outside panel. And then if you flip it up, you have the inside uh, panel. And then and the then one the that's bottom. contacting your wrist, I would imagine one mechanism you could use is have one of those as your jet tempo panel yeah. that like, Hey, whenever we want to go fast, you're going, you know, jet yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you just check that one panel that's bigger yeah. font, smaller numbers, easier formations to get to when you're going fast. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to have your three tight end set on there. So yeah. like I would just stuff like that. Like yeah. you can keep the wristbands and you can keep just yeah. what's a better mechanism when yeah. we want to go fast. Yeah. Can we yeah. like, but again, that's Shieldhouse's first freaking season yeah. as a play caller. Well, not only that, but you have a new offensive line coach, a new running back coach, a new receiver coach and a first time OC. Like that's pretty impressive. The fact that, we were able to go out there and execute as well. Like, and they're all pretty darn young. Yeah. Like there's not too many gray haired dudes in that room. If any, besides maybe some, some, um, quality control guys, but yeah. So I would say that, that for me, like offensively is one thing that I would imagine they're going to go through is how do we go faster when we want to go faster? And then, uh, offensively getting, getting a better fit square peg, square hole in the running game, because, you lose, I mean, Norton and Sanders were the guys that were most of the time carrying the ball up mm-hmm. until the snow game when Abu became the guy. Well, then Abu really had one game starting, you know, like going and two because Kansas State, but really one game starting. Yeah. Maybe Abu and Hansen see things slightly differently than Norton and Sanders did based on what the offensive line is able to yep. do. So you have to marry those two. Like, what's the offensive line good at and what does our running back see? can we have both of those things exist at the same time? Yep. You know, like in basketball example, can our point, does our point guard like to stay, does he a dribble drive guy or does he like to facilitate things from the outside? Yep. Okay. Well, if he likes to facilitate things from the outside, we don't have any shooters. Then we need to find a way to do better ball screens so we can get, you know, whatever, like all this stuff can exist, but you have to match personnel a with personnel B and then make that scheme match. So I would imagine this off season, again, first year coordinator, ton of turnover from mm-hmm. all of all the players you lose the guy and everything's come back that's another thing like offensively is just matching the running scheme of what does our offensive line do really well and what does abu see really well and or if our offensive line blocks gap scheme which it seems like that's better for them than yep. zone okay if they block gap scheme better we got to get abu learned up on gap how scheme. to see gap scheme yep. because we can't have him see zone better and the line block gap scheme better and now we can't do they, they don't match yeah so like that's another thing. Those two things offensively, because Rocco and the receivers and the tight ends, phenomenal. You, no notes. Keep doing it. Phenomenal. And but you had run this. game is making sure those two things match. That's a, that yep. to me is going to be on the offensive. Like, what are we going to do from in the offseason to get better? You had this necessity to what everyone that Colin mentioned to come together really quickly and do things, then switch on a dime in the middle of that. 
and figure out a different way to do things than you just learn for the first three weeks of the year. And then switch on a dime again yes. when you lose your top two running backs exactly. and another guy comes in for the running game. Yeah. Now you have an entire offseason to grow and you've got 20 out of 24 guys coming back. And cool. your top two running backs coming back, top fucking nine offensive linemen. I mean, how many? Yeah. Jared, I would shout out to Jared Hufford. Yeah. Hufford's coming back fishing. Yep. Yep. Uh, but like, you like, uh, really, it's like you're too deep on the offensive yeah. line. The whole too deep comes back. Jake Bremsberg. Uh, Grant Trigger. And they're bringing oh, okay. in... They're Trigger bringing, and Remsburg are gone, but... Yeah. They're bringing in four guys in this recruiting class yeah. for, for the line. So there's... Yeah. I mean... And there's gonna... I There's gonna be some new faces and new places. I That's a prediction, just on how Clanton coaches. They don't have bona fide positions, and I think no. we've talked about that. Yeah, later, except, right? like, guys like Miller and Neil aren't gonna... They're tackles. They're tackles. Like, yeah. pretty much everybody yeah. else yeah. are gonna be floating inside yep. of there yeah no i think i think it's a huge offseason and not only that but like these coaches that came into the system and were support for shulas this is the first time that they're seeing the offense that he wants to run mm -hmm. they're learning the communication style he has the coaching methods he uses the scheme he runs not so only like they're that. having to then learn it real quick and then go teach somebody else it so like and not only that like even so first time shulas first time coaching guys first time coaching with him he needs feedback on what you're seeing. You know, Clanton's yep. on the on the field talking with the offensive linemen. How does Shieldhouse want that communication? What's relayed, the best yeah. way to get that information relayed? How do we get this? Uh, who does he want to hear from? How much does he want to hear? What yep. notes does he? All yep. that's brand new. Yeah, all of it's new. Yep, yep, yeah. No, so it's. I think it's 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 crazy impressive. Um, offensively, the year that they had, and and truthfully, this team, I like. 20 guys coming back is just unbelievable. Yeah. Like, the, the like well, truly, the sky is the limit, in my opinion. Like, the fact that NIL didn't completely destroy Iowa State is sweet. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a huge opportunity for us to actually go out there and get a better team. But also then, like, hey, it's also another year for these coaches to have another year actually together. Like, obviously, the defensive staff is, like, they know how each other thinks, how each other communicates, all that stuff. But offensive guys, like, all being new, in different positions, like, how are, are they going to be able to come together this offseason? And really, like, I think we'll see the biggest jump, truthfully, offensively this I think so coming too. season. Yeah, and I'm the only thing, and defensively then, is the from a player standpoint, I mean, it's been talked about plenty, you need to be able to get off to the passer better. Yep. Now, what yep. does that look like? Yep. Now, you might not have the... Like you might not have the dudes to do it. Like, and you probably can't go get it. I mean, Will McDonald doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. So like maybe like and it costs a lot of money. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> like you have guys like uh Ike Ziagu and Trent Jones and like Samuel Same. Like maybe maybe you have guys like that that are gonna develop over this offseason that can be because when Will first started, it was like third down, buddy, go get him. Like yep. it was just that until yeah. he got to be a senior. Maybe you have one of those guys develop that's from the the you know, the outside of that, but maybe you don't. And if that's the case, and you don't have a guy that can go get the quarterback, how do you do it? Because yep. you can't not. Like, that's a thing you defensively. There's two things to me that the, the defense has to do a better job of is, one is to get after the quarterback. Maybe that's, like, you know, they. I, I doubt they totally changed their defensive scheme, but Caleb Bacon might have been your best true pass rusher. Yeah, He's a middle linebacker. Well, what happens if you then make it sort of 3-4-ish where you're – like Von Miller is technically also a linebacker. Yep. So maybe you can have him playing as a pass rush defensive end some of the time, or he's an a gap rusher. And instead of being a true zero nose, you put Dom orange off to one side and he can function, you know, what things can you tweak if you don't have a guy that shows up to be the next Will McDonald, yeah. Jaquan Bailey, 
And then the second, so, oh, sorry, you, what's that? Yeah, even if it's, even if it's just a package, right? Like not an everyday thing, like not an every down play, but like, hey, third and, and long, third, yeah. and, third and seven plus, like, hey, we, we know that Caleb Bacon's our best pass rusher and we need to get home here. Okay. Yeah. How do we then set him up? You know, who's their weakest pass blocker? Yeah. Uh, it's their left guard. Yep. Okay. How do we formation Caleb Bacon onto their left guard? Yep. It's stuff like that, that I think the defense is going to have to do because they, again, you're not going to. Not, not because they did it offensively after Ohio and then the three, three, five. But you're you're not going to usually like totally throw the pieces up overhaul. in the air and overhaul it in the middle of the season. But there are things like this that like if they don't have a guy who can be a pass rusher, they're going to have to make some sort of structural tweaks mm-hmm. to be able to get better, to get more pass rush without sacrificing the like the integrity of the back end much. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing I think the defense needs defense needs to do is find depth in the secondary. Because when you had Verdun, Freeler, and Cooper, when those three guys were healthy and they could take 75% of the snaps in a game, defense a was dominant. Mm-hmm. But when one of them was hurt and you had to have either Ben Nickel or uh, Jameson Patton or Sergis, like when those guys had to play 80% of the snaps that's when you got in some serious trouble. Yep. And so you have, uh, the guys that were backups were good enough to be spot players for four or five plays on a drive, maybe even a whole drive, depending on formation, who, who else is out there with them. But Cooper and Verdun and Freeler, I mean, Freeler's built like a tank, knock on yeah. wood. He's probably, he hasn't really been hurt that much yeah. except a shoulder. But like Cooper and Verdun seem to get hurt more just because of the positions they put themselves in. Yep. One of them's going to get hurt next year. One of those three at some point turns an ankle, whatever. It's going to happen. Like, yeah. it's just the nature of football. Do you have guys that can come in? And is Patton going to get better? Is Serge is going to get better? Are those guys going to improve? Well, those safety positions are so unique that they're not like one safety to the other isn't interchangeable. Yeah. Either. yeah. Unless you teach them over this offseason both positions and you feel that they're adequate, then maybe you could have something like that. They have a lot of uh, guys coming in to yeah. fit that mold and fit those positions. But once you get them there, are, are you going to have them learn both positions to avoid a season like this? Because it was like any time a defensive back is out, it makes all the difference. Yeah. And the backups can't. Well, And that was also because of the pass rush, too. Like, yeah, when you don't have a Will McDonald, when you get four seconds to and throw, that, that versus probably having came off two seconds. On, to, no, no. Yeah. yeah, I get it. But like if you have four seconds to throw versus having two seconds to throw a slight crack in the defense becomes a gash yes. versus when you have Will McDonald or Jaquan Bailey or, you know, uh, uh, MJ, Anderson. MJ Anderson, like you have guys like that, that can make the quarterback off his spot, make it a street ball game or get a sack or make him even think or feel like he's going to get sacked in two seconds. When you, when there's no pressure at all, any deficiency in the secondary starts to become a bigger problem. So I think for me, linebackers, they're going to get better. Like I have very yeah. little question about the linebackers getting better because they're all babies except Gary who graduates. But I mean, even then I think Gary, because his shoulder was banged up pretty much the whole year. I think they were better when they had, when you had like bacon, Sadowski and McLaughlin, when those three were on the field, I think that was your best look. They're using guys like Willick and, you know, more younger guys can still play. I have very few questions about the linebackers mm-hmm. and how much they're going to get better. It's just secondary depth and pass rush. Those are the two things. How do you go about doing that? I don't know. Coach them, develop them, scheme tweaks, but those are the things defensive list that I think you're going to be looking at. Yeah. Yeah. I think awesome. you I think you hit it. I mean, the safeties would uh, pass rush obviously was a problem. First couple games we're all like freaking out like this is awesome. We 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 got some guys that can get after the passer and it kind of did it it choked down some, but they'll they'll figure something out. I mean, those they have always had someone who can get after the passer. 
Um, they've they've recruited it well, and I have no doubts that they'll find somebody that will break out and you'll be like, Who, who's this guy? Yeah, and there's some, again, there's a bunch of guys that are on the roster. I think what's also interesting, too, um, it might not be a defensive end that becomes that pass rusher guy. Yeah. Dom Orange and J.R. Singleton could be, like, in offensive as an offensive lineman, your job, you and the guards, your job has to be so much more hold your ground yep. because tackles are playing in space. Yeah, you know? they got more room to run and right. can and run somebody high where we can't run someone yeah. high because we're going to run right in the quarterback if we run them high. Yeah, so, like, if Dom Orange can or Dom Orange or Singleton, guys like that and whoever else they're going to be bringing in, if they can be pass rushers where you're forcing the middle up, like when you watch the Alabama-Michigan game oh, in yeah. the first half, the defensive tackles for Michigan, when Alabama was just straight drop back pass, they pushed the Pop centers the and they pushed the front back. And Milrow, at that point, you can't step into a throw. Yep. And if you do it right and you have gap integrity where it's not just one guy who's kicking somebody's ass and everybody else is failing, if you can push the front of the pocket back and then defensive ends are just there to capture anything, you can get a sack and it just looks like everyone's squeezing the life out of them because the interior rush is really, really good yep. and your defensive ends can just be there. So that's another, th like, again, that might be the way that they go is they say, hey, between Singleton and Orange, let's focus on getting a pass rush. Let's do, hey, Dom Orange, you're set seven foot three, 400 pounds. Yeah. Get a bull rush. Let's yeah. develop a bull rush where you can just kick the shit out of a center and push him into the quarterback's lap. And then we don't need Tyler Onyetum to be a 14 sack guy. He can just good enough pass rusher, lane integrity, capture him when he's there. Well, I, I think that's a huge thing. Like, if a quarterback can't step into a throw, everything's going to start sailing high. Interceptions are going to, like, like, there is so much about a quarterback just feeling the pressure. Like, you don't even have to get home. You just have to make him feel it. So he's not sitting there comfy, you know, pitter-patting his feet, looking downfield, you know, playing street ball. Like, oh, you were supposed to run a corner, but, hey, that's broken. Let's, you know, whatever it may be, like, if you just make him be able to feel a little bit of pressure where he can't freestyle at all, mm -hmm. like he has to get the ball out in two seconds or else he's going to have his own offensive lineman driven into him. He's going to feel pressure. He's going to have to escape. He's going to have to do something. Like it, it changes the game. Like you don't get that extra like three seconds to look downfield and, oh, this guy's just faster than him. He just ran by by mm -hmm. the D back or anything like that. So. I think there's huge potential for uh, for us to be able to get after that position here. Yeah, I also think like just one, I mean, this is now brain fart. They're brainstorming. It's not even saying like they're going to do this, but with the personnel that they have, if you have a guy like Dom Orange and you have a guy like Tyler Onyetum, I think Tyler Onyetum, if we were to play like a ideal position for him is a three technique. Yes, like, I would agree. He's not necessarily, three technique for those that aren't super sure, it's not the guy that lines up directly over the ball. It's the one that lines up somewhere between the guard and the tackle. Like yep. that's where the three technique is bigger which is, body yeah it's like um brain fart uh guy with the dreads six six played with you um any 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 was perfect example so yeah. he is he's the guy that's three technique uh style like that's his his best fit because you're dealing with guards and when you're longer than a guard with reach but bigger than a tackle that's sort of where you want to fit oh. well if you have a guy like uh caleb bacon who's going to be a pass rusher and you can put him on the outside because you have Tyler on kind of bump in a little bit. And Dom Orange plays off instead of playing a zero nose where he could get hit by either guard where he's just lined up directly across the center. Mm. He can pop out and play whether it's a shade or even like a one or a two technique yep. in a pass rush situation. And you get on who can play inside the tackle and Bacon, who's now rushing outside the tackle. You have better matchups yes. for everybody. So little things like that that you can do where you have an extra pass rusher go to on side 
like stuff like that. That's yep. the things that can happen over the course of the year when they start thinking, how does our personnel, how can our personnel best execute this stuff? Yeah. I love that. I don't know why I can remember Uwazurike's name. Brain fart. Yeah. Old no. age, man. Yeah. Old age. CT. I'm getting there. <laughs> so it's, uh, Saturday, August 31st, their 2024 opener. So eight short months. Right. Be here before we know it. No kidding. Uh, thank you again to everybody who tuned in and everyone who uh, came to uh, Jerry the King Lawler's uh, and had those nice things to say. I, that will never get old. A lot of the compliments about you guys, not me. So uh, You're doing a great job, Connor. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. I appreciate You're it. No, you guys make the show. So thanks again uh, to you guys. Thanks again to Wiffles Hybrids, and uh, we'll see you next year. Maybe we'll do a couple off-season at some point, but I have no clue what we're supposed to do or allowed to do. So We'll see what the... What the, what the wind guides us to be. Time like will that. tell. That's how we're ending this. Go Cyclones.